I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Livewire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you can call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello there, and welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. Thankfully, not from a rental car in San Diego this week. By the way, my name is Luke Burbank. Right over there is my friend Elena Passarello. Hi, Elena. Hi. You sound just as good here as you did in your vehicle. <laughs> I like, I'm in my normal setup now. I was nervous last week because I was trying to like, well... The listeners wouldn't know this, but at a certain point, my cell phone, which is how I was talking to all of you, got so overheated from being in the windshield of the rental car that it turned off. Like, it was protecting itself by turning itself off. So then we had to wait for my phone to cool down so I could call you back so we could finish the show. So this is a lot better. (laughs) We should remind people, in case they're scoring at home, this is week 18. Oh, is it? Of the Best News Podcast. Wow. And we have a fascinating email from France, Alina, From France? From Nina, who is a sixth grader, who says, hi, Elena and Luke, greetings from France. Bonjour, Nina. Bonjour. Tiens, tiens. I've been meaning Coucou. to send you an email for quite some time. I thought I would do it now. I'm doing online schooling, and I listen to the best news every Thursday morning during my recess. Yeah. <laughs> my parents and I also listen to Livewire as our Sunday tradition, Mom Knits, and Dad and I play Sudoku while listening to the show. Oh. I mean, can you think of a more idyllic scene? That sounds wonderful. A little French Sunday. Wait for it. It gets more idyllic, Elena. (laughs) So it turns out that Nina and her family uh, live right across the street from a castle in France that was built in the 1100s. Whoa. And the best news that Nina wants to share with us this week is that she is almost finished transcribing a 200-year-old diary. (gasps) So a couple moved into the castle recently and was like sorting through the stuff in the castle and they found this diary that somebody was keeping, they think from 1819 to 1823. Oh my gosh. This is an incredible story. And what an incredible sixth grader to be doing this archival work. Wow, Nina. Wow, wow, wow. Right? So apparently, um, back in those days, this is all in, in Nina's um, extremely thorough email. Cool. Uh, that, you know, paper was something that was uh, really in short supply. So people would write on the back of other things, or in this particular case, 
This, um, this diary, uh, Nina says that the woman who was keeping the diary wrote in tiny microscopic letters. <laughs> and also she had terrible grammar oh, and no. handwriting. <laughs> so what Nina's been doing, because she speaks French, is she's translating this diary. And she's also kind of fixing some of the you know, word choice and grammar and things so that it's a little more readable. She says if she didn't do that, the diary would say, I at some grep for the first Tim the year. <laughs> Wallach came. This letter is amazing. I love I'm telling you, we could do the whole show on this email from Nina. She needs to get some school credit for this letter. Like Absolutely. So she's translating this for her dad because he's American and the diary is in French. And I get the sense that Nina is fluent in both languages. How cool. So she is going to present... The diary, she's going to finish her translation, and they're going to make copies of it, and she's going to distribute it to the town <gasps> on the 22nd of May <gasps> so everyone can read this diary that Nina has been, like, rehabilitating. I would like to resubmit my, uh, <laughs> my best, news? best news. That is the best news I've heard all week. Oh, my gosh. Nina, you oh. have to tell us how that goes. That sounds wonderful. Oh, my yes. gosh. <laughs> so thank you, Nina, for reaching out. A lot Woo-hoo! of pressure on the other emailers this week, yeah. Elena, because that sets the bar pretty high. And then um, Kirsten uh, was checking in and loving the fact that uh, North Seattle College, previously known as North Seattle Community College, got a shout-out on the radio show the other week uh-huh. because we were talking to Julian Saperiti, a.k.a. Nono Boy, mm-hmm. about how he went to Brown and he asked me where I went and I mentioned North Seattle now North Seattle College. I, did, I didn't I did graduate from there, but I did take a blues guitar class there. <laughs> Is that the only class you took? <laughs> yes. That's how you started your- It was part of the your, extension your... class, <laughs> Intro to Blues Guitar. <laughs> and I was absolutely the worst student in the class. Maybe you just didn't have the blues yet. Maybe you were well, too young. Well, that was the thing. I hadn't lived enough. You got to live to play the blues. a proper case of the blues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, thank you for emailing in, everyone. Our email is bestnews- at livewireradio.org if you would like to uh, share the best news that's happening to you. But again, this, the bar has been set extremely high by Nina, but don't let that deter you. Felicitacion, Nina. Yay, yay, yay. All right, let's get to some of the best news from the wider world. Elena, what do you see in this week? I don't know if this is the best news, but it's the best headline. Uh, <laughs> apparently, our genius Livewire best news intern, Jonas, laughed out loud when he read this one, and it happened the same to me. Maybe it'll happen to you. This okay. was a headline in Calgary Herald last week, the newspaper, the Calgary Herald. Canadian astronauts no longer free to rob and kill with abandon on the moon. <laughs> that. Imagine it did, it got a laugh. Opening the newspaper and finding that headline. That's just one way of describing a new amendment that has been built into the 2022 Canadian federal budget bill. Okay, that's not where I would think space murder would show up. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't show up there. This is a, in this 443 page document, they've put in a little amendment that just extends Canadian law outside the Earth's atmosphere. So it's basically saying, Canada's laws apply if you leave the planet. Mm. If, you're if you a, are Canadian. If you are Canadian or if you're, I guess if you're on some kind of a Canadian vessel, mm. it is governed by Canada. And then the headliner writer of the Calgary Herald mm. decided that that headline was the best way to entice people to read the story. It worked. We're talking about it. So this, what this means is that the nine Canadians who have previously gone up into space 
were completely ungoverned. <laughs> uh, Missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, and the most famous probably Canadian astronaut is Chris Hatfield, who was that guy who did the David Bowie ground control to Major Tom oh, video. Right. Remember yeah. him? So argue, but that was on the International Space Station and there are... Uh, Canada is part of a treaty where there are laws that apply there, but on the way up, um, he could have, you know, done whatever he wanted before he got there. And it's actually an issue because there are, there there is the potential for crimes to happen in space. Uh, Somebody was accused of the first space crime not long ago when um, a woman astronaut who was up there was accused by her partner on the ground of uh, identity theft. Right. I remember that story. <laughs> like that she was the, the accusation, which I think ultimately Debunked. was dismissed. Yes. But the accusation was that this astronaut had been like using like the space internet. Yeah. The ISS to computer. Go into her ex-partner's <laughs> bank account, which you just feel like you would be way too busy to do identity theft if you were in space. I mean, yeah, I watch a lot of space TV and you're floating uh-huh. around. It's probably hard to type. I don't think you could get a lot of cyber crime done up there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that makes it kind of important is that there's civilians going into outer space now. Exactly. There's private trips. Um, we've got a, a, a new ISS in the works that is going to permanently be in lunar orbit. So there are more and more reasons to make sure that you're, uh, you're covered by some rule system, both when you're traveling to and up there. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't want to stereotype. Uh-huh. But at this point, the people that are going into space are mostly billionaires and their friends. Mm-hmm. And you think those people aren't going to commit some space crime? Right. Like yeah. we're sending up our wackiest and most disconnected people. <laughs> I know. That was the other funny thing about the headline, Canadian astronauts no longer free to rob and kill with abandon on the moon. Of all the people that I would assume with robbing and killing with abandon, Canadian astronauts yeah. are really low on the list. I put your millionaires and billionaires definitely above Chris Hatfield and yeah. you know, whatever sweetheart Canadians are already up there. Your people who have been operating basically outside of the law for most of their adult life or ever since they became billionaires. Mm-hmm. Those are the people, I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but I think we all can picture yeah. the particular dudes I'm thinking of. Thurston Howell the Third from Gilligan's Island. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was that's exactly who I was thinking Scrooge of. Scrooge McDuck. Yep. yep. Other, another noted billionaire who had a let's just say Lucy Goosey connection to the law. I believe that would be Lucy Ducky. <laughs> that's right. And <laughs> we could not get out of this segment without some <laughs> amount of wordplay. Sorry. Now, this isn't a story about duckies, but it is a story about condors that I saw. Uh, That's the best news that I saw this week, which is that California condors are returning to the northern redwoods of California for the first time in a hundred plus years. Wow. Now, you, Elena, are actually quite informed and quite an expert on a lot of different animals because you wrote this great book, Animals Strike Curious Poses, and you've written a lot of magazine pieces and other things about animals. Have you looked into the condor situation at all in all of your research? You know what comes to mind is has nothing to do with my research, but when I was growing up, when they were trying to save the condor, do you remember those pictures of the baby condors in the incubators that were getting fed by the human researchers in like uh, condor puppets by, you know, their hand. Yes, using, I like, do con- remember that. That's the, the first thing that pops into my head. Um, but I remember being told that we were not going to see any condors in our adult lives. And it, we came very close to that. This is, I mean, part of the best news of this is that the uh, sort of efforts to preserve the condor population in America have actually been pretty successful back in the 1970s because of poaching and 
habitat destruction, and this was a thing that I was shocked to read, lead poisoning mm-hmm. from condors eating animals that had been killed with bullets. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you know, condors eat carry-on. Mm-hmm. Um, there were down to 22 surviving condors in California in the 1980s. And they took all, like, 22 condors, because <laughs> they were like, we're going to be out of condors really soon. And they basically put them in captivity and, and, and had them breed. And now they're up to more than... 500 condors. That's amazing. In America, between ones that are in the wild and in captivity, but from 22 Huge. to 500. And so there's a tribe in Northern California called the Yurok tribe, and they consider the condors to be um, sacred mm-hmm. to their cultural practices. And they have really wanted to reintroduce the California condor to the northern part of California because the ones that have been in the wild have been kind of in the central and southern part of the state. And they've actually got a facility that they run in uh, cooperation with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And so they took these two male condors, which they've released now. Then they're known as, or their nicknames are Poiwisan, which means one who goes ahead, hmm. and Nes Kuichok, which means he returns. Again, apologies for my Yurok pronunciation, which is probably less than stellar. Those are great names, though. I love that. They are. Totally. Um, so they've released these two condors now, and they um, are—they seem to be doing well. And if they behave—this is in the story—behave normally, according to biologists, <laughs> they're going to introduce um, more condors. They're going to female condors, and they're going to hope that they just start breeding up there in Northern California and having oh. lots of condor babies. Cool. Now— I don't know if you and I talked about this on the show or off the air, but you know there are some kind of dazzling details about condors and vultures mm. and why their faces look the way they look. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we've talked about this. Tell so me more. You know how like a, a condor and condors and vultures also are basically the same animal. The condor is just the very very large it's version huge. of a vulture. Yeah, but they have you know those very kind of iconic head, they don't have any feathers on their head. Mm -hmm. And scientists think it's because they eat a lot of things like, you know, old (laughs) carrion and carcasses Mm -hmm. where if they were to have feathers on their face, it would be a chance for like, uh, you know, microbial things and stuff that was bad for them to get stuck in their feathers. Mm. Having a clean, smooth face means they're not going to pick up anything from the basically rotting meat that they're eating. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Is is the place where they are being reintroduced in Northern California near an airport? It's in It's near Redwood National Park. So I think that's a fairly... Uh, you know, a peaceful place, not too many huge jetliners taking off. That worries me because if they eat carry-on, they're going to need to have an airport nearby. Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> what this was all about. That's where we were going with this. That's actually a pretty good joke. I've also once been followed by vultures on a jog, which is a terrible feeling. Feels yeah. like foreshadowing. This, they start circling. When I used to live in Bellingham, I would go on a run and I it was... More than once, I would look up and see vultures way up in the air doing those little oh. loops. And I thought, do they know something I don't? <laughs> the fact that those vultures were wrong and huh? that they're saving the condors in Northern California, that's the best news that I heard all week. Woo-hoo. All right, coming up on the radio show this week, we are going to be talking to a true legend. John Waters, the filmmaker and actor. I know. So cool. For years and years, I was hoping we would get a chance to talk to John Waters. And, uh, well, he wrote... 
his first ever book of fiction, or at least a book that's strictly fiction. It's called Liar Mouth. And uh, he came on the show to talk about it. So we're going to play that interview. Also, uh, we're going to talk to Sasha LaPointe about how the TV show Twin Peaks impacted her life as a young native woman in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and then we're also going to have a song from one of our very favorite bands, Deep Sea Diver. That's all going to be this week on the radio show. Uh, hits the internet on Friday and a radio station near you this weekend. All right, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Best News Podcast. Big thanks to our team who makes the show possible. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks, as always, to our intern and chief story finder, Jonas Myers. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music, arguably the best part of the show, (laughs) composed by A. Walker Spring. And also thanks to all of you, our listeners. Again, if you want to write us an email, it's bestnews at livewireradio.org. All right, we will see you real soon. In the meantime, please head on out there and have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.